He's on the way, and there it goes! A three-run homer for Pete Alonso over the great wall of Flushing. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shea Station Podcast. This is episode 84. It is Monday, July 25th. The Mets have just dropped two of three to the San Diego Padres. They are 59-37, and still in first place in the NL East. And we are finally back in the places that we should be. We had a couple weeks where Jerry was in New York and I was away, and then we were both in L.A. Now we're back to the status quo. Jerry, how you doing? How's home? I'm good, man. It is great to hear Howie Rose's call mm, I agree. on the big Pete Alonso home run. Uh, it was a huge homer, and Howie Rose, the the man himself, steps up, man, and that was a great call. It was nice to hear. I didn't hear it live. I was watching on ESPN, so that was nice. Do you ever uh, sync up the national broadcast with the radio? Um, I actually bounce back and forth, so I'm usually busy while the game's going on for you know 50% of the time. So if I can sit and watch, I watch the TV. If I'm moving around, I let Howie and Wayne you know, guy put my uh, AirPods in if I'm, you know, doing the dishes or, sure. or, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. So I'll bounce back and forth on the national broadcast, though. I like the ESPN guys. I think David Cohn does a great job. Ravitch is a legend and Eduardo Perez is awesome. So I usually li- listen to them. Um, but I love the radio, too. So I'll, I'll tune into the radio broadcast on some games. I need some some clarity, some insight, because randomly, I was at the game last night, so I wasn't listening to the booth until the highlights Humble after. brag. <laughs> we had good seats, too. Pete's home run yeah. went like right by us. Um, they randomly started pronouncing Mark Canna's last name, Kanya, and I thought that that was a correct pronunciation that he corrected, but then his wife, Marcy, tweeted that it wasn't Kanya. It was Canna, like we had been saying it. So I don't know what happened there. Was there like miscommunication or something? It's kind of weird. So I don't know if you remember, we had the conversation similar to this with Sandy, right? No, no, about Canna. Oh, it might have been. Uh, I want to say like a month ago, maybe two months ago, before we started recording, I was like, I think Canna wants to pronounce his name different because oh, I, I heard d- it. You did say this, yeah, yeah, and I was like, I think it's Kana, yeah, but Kanya, I don't know. I mean, his is wife he, tweeted. All of a sudden, is he Portuguese? He's Brazilian. I don't know. Yeah, like I thought he was. You know, none of that was going on. But that, that reminds tweeted. me of a of a one of my teammates in college. His name was Prezar. Hmm. Last name Prezar. Uh, played together for three years, um, and then all of a sudden, his mom's on campus for like Parents Weekend, and I'm like, "Hi, Mrs. Prezar." She goes, "It's Prezar." I was like, wait, what? Come on, man, say something. <laughs> say something. So he was a year ahead of me. So he was a senior when I was a junior. So his he went four years and never corrected anybody. Because Prezar <laughs> is a cool name. Prezar is pretty cool, too. It's a but cool Prezar name. seems sounds awesome. You got to be the nicest guy to not correct anybody. For <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to stick with Canna until, you know, noted otherwise. Yeah, Mark, so. if you see this, let us know, because we're definitely yeah. curious. Uh, that is not the forefront of the news. The news is that the Mets salvage uh, the final game of the set with the Padres. The Padres just had our number this season. They go four and two against us. And uh, these first two games that uh, we lost were incredibly frustrating games to watch. Uh, the Mets came out of the break very, very slow, but they finally picked things up and on the final day 
We're going to talk about it a lot to go over. Some moves were made by the Mets. Some moves will probably be made in the near future with two weeks to go before the trade deadline. So there is a lot to discuss. Of course, the Subway Series is coming up next as well. And I think we can just dive right into game recaps if you're down, Jerry. I, I wanted to, to like note that I feel like the San Diego Padres are like us. Mm. The way their offense is kind of struggling to produce their starting pitching is great mm. they've had some issues in their bullpen but their bullpen's still pretty solid they have our pieces are bigger than their pieces like you look through their lineup and you're like really yeah um but our lineup looks on paper like a powerhouse and they're just kind of underperforming um they are a good team they need some things to go their way they yeah. need to get into like a a five five game series seven game series to have a shot because their offense is just you know they have Manny Machado and that's pretty much it yeah I mean so. we met a lot of Padres fans in LA when we had the Boomtown Brewery event and a lot of them said that exact same thing to me and I when you look at the lineups it's a little bit like you have Pete Alonso who clears out the RBIs and gets a lot of guys in you have Manny Machado in that lineup as well the Padres have a ton of table setters a lot of guys who had great years in the past and are struggling this year. And then the great starting pitching and kind of the bullpen woes. So I, I do agree with pretty much everything you're saying there. The Mets do have put themselves in a much better position thus far. And the Padres were close to the Dodgers, but the Dodgers have just gotten so, so hot that no one's yeah. catching them in the NL West. But I think you will see the Padres in October for sure. I can. I think so. I that. mean, they have a tough division. You know, they have the Giants over there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're always going to try to battle. The Marlins have pitching you know, everywhere. You love the Marlins, Spinals, the Brewers, you know, that there's going to be some, some, there's going to be a race. I don't, I wouldn't say for sure because I saw an epic collapse last year. Yeah. I know Bob Melvin is there at the helm this year, but you know, that's another similarity though. Both teams yeah. brought in seasoned managers over the new guys. So there you go. There's another one. Yep. And I lobbied for Melvin to take this job. Oh yeah. Um, but I think it was a better fit that we got Showalter. I really do. Uh, as weird as that sounds, obviously, you know, we'll get into it. Let's get into the games. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll, we'll dive deep. We'll definitely talk about Buck in this one as well. Game one, the first game after the all-star break, the Mets welcome the Padres into town and taking the bump is Max Scherzer. He escapes with multiple runners on in the second and third inning, but Luke Voigt gets a single that sets up an Eric Hosmer two-run tater in the fourth inning. Mets fans do not like Eric Hosmer, and he was just as hot in this series. But Scherzer pitched pretty well in this game, aside from that one mistake. Six innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, just the one home run on 93 pitches. He is now up to 3,118 on his career, landing him at 15th all-time on the strikeouts list, so congrats to Max for that. The Mets failed to get a runner in scoring position through the first six innings. You can kind of pick your poison on which game was more frustrating. This was the game where no offense was happening. Game two is a little bit of a different story. Uh, and Ump misses the strike three call on Trent Grisham, and then he promptly homers on the next pitch off Joely Rodriguez, who had a tough series uh, in the past three days. The Padres get a single and two walks to make it 4 nothing after that off Joely and Seth Lugo. McNeil walks, and then he scores on Guillaume's RBI double 
double in the eighth inning, so the Mets have a little bit of life. And pitching from the bullpen during this was Trevor Williams, who has just been absolutely incredible. He has a 3.30 ERA in 90 innings with the Mets now. This is really becoming the Trevor Williams trade from last year. He's been fantastic. A great piece to add to that bullpen. Uh, the Mets get two runners on in the ninth inning off Rodgers, but they do fail to score, and they lose pretty quietly in this one. The Padres went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. They left eight men on base, but they still etch out a 4-1 win off the Mets, who just looked absolutely dead at the plate in Game 1. Yeah, offense didn't look good at all. Uh, on the other end of it, Scherzer um, doing what he does, escaping jams, getting big strikeouts. He only had eight. How dare he not yeah, get right? double digits again? He was off his game. Uh, but 15th all-time, if you look around those names, like it's, it's incredible what he's doing uh, his entire career. Uh, pretty wild. Um, gosh, I, I don't know. Like watching him escape jams in the playoffs and I think 12, he came out of the bullpen yep. um, and walked the bases loaded and then struck out the side. <laughs> like, <laughs> just it, was like we all, we were, it was a tie game. We were like, yeah, let's get on the board because <laughs> we've done it all year. And then he just promptly is like, all right, now it's exciting for me. So now I'm going to tune it up. And he just steps up in those moments, man. Yeah. He's really good. What a fantastic – this is how crazy – they uh, on the broadcast – I don't know if it was this game or right before the All-Star break. They put up like a full screen of all of his accomplishments and Cy Youngs and winning in both leagues and and strikeouts, and they, they, didn't, they didn't even have room to put in a 20-strikeout game. Really? Like the fact, like it didn't even, it didn't even make the top, you know, the top 10. I was like, dude, you didn't even put in the, one of the most exciting to me, it's more impressive than a perfect game is this 20 strikeout game. To and be he honest. should have a perfect game, by the way. I know. If Jose Tabat, I didn't lean in, but that's a whole. But uh, yeah, well, he hit him. Mm, I don't, eh, know, if I agree I don't with know. You. I think he. Yeah, that's part though. of it. He got it in there. Yeah. He, he leaned in, but that's you know another one. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> Scherzer is amazing. Uh, game one stunk, but yeah. let's go on to another stinker. <laughs> in game two, you know how it goes. It's yes, it's sir. game two for for Jerry. Uh, that's put off Chris Bassett versus Blake Snell. Um. After going one two three one two three, uh, in the bottom of the second, we get first and second with nobody out. Uh, Eduardo Escobar grounds out, and Guillaume hits into a double play. Would be a theme, because yeah. in the bottom of the third, JD Davis singles to lead off. Nito bunts him over, and nobody gets him in. And that's four straight perfect innings for for Chris Bassett to start. We've got runners on in the second, runners on in the third. Guess what? In the fourth, Alonso hits a one out double. Nobody gets him in. Top of the fifth, there was a two-strike pitch to that hit, or a one-two pitch to, to Nomar Mazzara. He tries a back foot slider, hits him in the foot to break up the perfect game, followed by a Hosmer single, who seemed to single on every single at-bat uh, this series. Uh, but Marte makes a nice sliding catch, and then he gets him out. Um, no runners or no runs in the fifth. Uh, bottom of the fifth, Louis, Louis Guillaume, leadoff walk, a two-out single by Nimmo. They don't get him in, but that would be it for Blake Snell. He goes five, gives up four hits, two walks, five Ks. Um, top of the sixth, Profar gets a single uh, between a couple of Ks, and then Machado, who uh, on a theme like Joely Rodriguez in game one, there was a strike call. It would have been strike three, top a little curveball slurve, 
should have been called strike three, didn't. Machado promptly puts one into the seats to make it 2 nothing. San Diego dads over the Mets. Uh, that was a frustrating one, but, you know, Bassett was was cruising right along. It's only a two-run deficit. Our our offense is powerful because right off the bat in the bottom of the six, Lindor hits a leadoff single. Looks like we're rallying. Uh, nothing. <laughs> that takes us to the top of the seventh, Bassett. He ends up finishing his day very solid. Goes seven, four hits, those two runs on the Machado home run. No walks, 11 punchies. I would say his most – he was at his sharpest, yeah. I think all day long uh really impressive after a long delay uh to come out and looking as sharp as he did a lot of guys come out a little bit you know wild feeling good but he did great Adovino pitches the eighth and just punches out the side looking great um bottom of the eighth we have a leadoff single by uh tomas nito nope don't get him in of course <laughs> um that brings us to the bottom of the nine it's two nothing padres right now we get alonzo single Canna lines out to left field. Eduardo Escobar punches out. Two outs runner on first. Yorme walks first and second. J.D. Davis gets a bloop single. Uh, Pete goes in, scores. It's 2-1. We got first and third. In steps Tomas Nito. This is the buck question. Did yeah. he? He had McNeil ready to go. He, they, he announced it in the postgame that he thought about it, thought about bringing McNeil in, and he chose not to. Nito had a decent night. He had a single. He had a walk. Um, but he pops out to second base. The Mets lose two to one. Um, they go down one for nine with runners in scoring position. The only hit they had was that ninth inning two out bloop single by JD Davis. Uh, and they lose, but Pete Alonso has a great day. Goes three for four with a double. Guillaume has two walks. JD Davis has two hits, including that two out RBI. Uh, Chris Bassett was great in his seven innings. Adovino was good. Edwin Diaz had to come in. And had a shutdown ninth inning, but it didn't lead to anything. And the Mets lose. Brutal. Just kind brutal. Of brutal. That one was tough because they yeah. finally had to, they had runners on all the time and just couldn't get them in. Those timely hits, all the, you know, the, the regressing to the mean. Is that yeah. what we're doing now? I don't know. I have, I have a couple questions for you because I think like there's it. a lot of takeaways. One, just as a fan, which which game is the worst viewing experience? Game one or game two? Game one. Yeah. Game one is sucks because your team does nothing. Yeah. You but know, I your team like, has no offense. You know, you can kind of like tune out and like maybe like get some work done or like read a book. Or you something. know, as There's a fan, you get to watch. On. You get to watch Max Scherzer pitch. So That's you got true. that going. That's true. Um, so there's entertainment. Uh, but, you know, it, you don't have anything offensively to root for at least. I would prefer your team. This is this is the recipe for success. The whole first half was to get guys on and then hit with runners in score position, mm-hmm. find a hole. You know, they did that. I, I, well, we'll get to game three. And yeah. I, I want to sum it up. I'll let you go to game three. But, but game but, two was frustrating. And Another I, I game also two wanna, loss for your boy. I want to gauge you on Buck's decision as well. Um, go for it. I mean, yeah. so Buck's, let's cover it now. Buck's rationale was Nito has great numbers with two outs and runners in scoring position. We've been talking about that for a while. That's kind of a thing we always discuss on this podcast. So I get why Buck had that idea in his head to leave Nito in. Plus, he's been in the motion of the game and all that. I st- like, what do you think, though? Like, because I trust Buck and I, I feel like I haven't questioned a decision from him like this pretty much all season. But not using a healthy McNeil there was very questionable to me. 
Yeah. So we there has been a couple the the Adovino for three days in right, a row. Right. Right. Yeah. But um, I so Taylor Rogers is a left-handed closer. Right. McNeil is a lefty. He, McNeil actually hasn't been great. Right. Um, as of late, hasn't he hasn't looked like McNeil? He's kind of floundered a little bit. Hmm. Um, and Nito looks solid up there, and he actually took a good swing. Rogers just got that slider in. Um, he he went down 0-2 and he and he put it on. I, I I'm bringing McNeil in. Yeah, I think. It but analytically, out. you know, if you look at the numbers, this is what everybody was worried about for Buck. You know, he's old school. He doesn't know any numbers. He's right. Nito has been hitting really well with runners in scoring position. It's a sharp decline as of late, though. Yeah. Uh, I think that probably dropped him under 300. He was like 306 at the time. So if he's a 306 hitter with runners in scoring position, you know, the, the math says leave a man lefty righty. Um, plus it would have been a tie game. I, I don't know. I, again. That's why we're not the managers of the. New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna, I, I mean, it's easy to say again, in hindsight, yeah. that you should have brought, you should have brought McNeil in. Um, but who knows, man? Uh, hindsight is not his fault that they went, you know, whatever it was, one for one for nine, oh for eight, and the other, yeah, you know. I mean, the Padres did go oh for 14 with runners in scoring position between these two games, and they won them both, which is just yeah, it's wild, incredible. So. All right, so we go into game three, backs against the wall, facing the toughest pitcher that we have to in the Padres rotation, Cy Young candidate Joe Musgrove against Cookie Carrasco. The Mets got up to their usual antics right away. They leave multiple runners on in scoring position, stranded in the second inning. Cookie Carrasco was weaving in and out of trouble all night. He had bases loaded in the first inning, but got a huge strikeout. Uh, he had a runner on in every inning except the fifth in the start, but he ultimately goes five shutout innings, six hits, two walks, just one strikeout on 92 pitches, so he's able to work around all that trouble. The Mets get two runners on in scoring position again in the fifth inning with nobody out. They don't score. It's awesome. It's a really good time in the ballpark. Everyone's having fun. Definitely no one is booing the team, which is great. Eric Hosmer gets another freaking hit against the Mets. He doubles off Drew Smith for the first run. Uh, could have been a lot worse. Austin Nola hits one to the center left field wall. Brandon Nimmo makes an unbelievable catch in center field that I missed because I was buying ice cream for me and my girlfriend because I'm a good guy. Uh, the Mets finally break through in a massive five-run sixth inning. I was in the seats for that. Don't worry. Uh, Marte's single and Lindor's double set up a massive three-run homer from Pete Alonso off Joe Musgrove's nasty slider that he kind of hung in the middle of the zone. Big hit for us. Daniel Vogelbach making his first start with the Mets. He gets a walk in this inning as well. Guillaume hits this little dink down the left field line. It just falls in the perfect spot. Things are finally starting to turn the Mets' way as he gets an RBI single. And then Nito connects. A much-needed hit for him. An RBI double to the right center gap. That makes it 5-1 to one Mets. They explode for more runs than they had in the past three games combined in one inning. Seth Lugo gets Manny Machado to ground out with two men on in the seventh. That was a huge out to get for him. And then Alonzo adds the insurance that we need with a two-run double the following inning. He brings home Marte and Lindor once again. He has taken back the MLB RBI lead at 82, so good for our guy Pete. He's well on his way to 100. Uh, Mark Canna, or Kenya, I guess that's up for discussion. He gets an infield single that yields two more runs. Machado throws it away. They make it 8-1 to one Mets. And then all of a sudden, David Peterson is out of the bullpen in relief, so I guess we're skipping 
Pippen has turned the rotation. A lot to talk about there as well. Uh, he allows a run in his first relief outing since June 10th, but ultimately is solid. Joely Rodriguez stinks it up in the ninth inning, though. A pair of walks and two hits forces Diaz to come in for the save, but he does his thing. He strikes out the final batter of the game. He gets save number 21, and the Mets win this one 8-5. to Diaz has been incredible as of late. His last 21 games, he's allowed one earned run in 20 and a third innings with 43 strikeouts. And uh, our guy, Daniel Vogelbach, the newest man, he goes one for three with a run and a walk in his Mets debut. Mets get a much-needed win. They have an off day today, and then they have a huge series coming up against the best team in baseball. Unbelievable catch by Nimmo that you Crazy. missed. I know. Incredible I've, catch. I, know. I saw it on like the TV while I was waiting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just a, and in a moment, like, gosh, Nimmo, he's not going to win a Gold Glove, but no. this but year, what a he's, story it would be. You know, oh man, it'd be so good because you know people were calling for his head out in center field. I mean, uh, you watch, he looks so good out there. Go back and watch some of those 2020 highlights with Nimmo and Sam. Oh, they're, I remember. They're rough. I remember. They're not good. Like I'd shoot him a text like. Brandon, what is happening out yeah. there? <laughs> and we've kind of seen like the reverse with Trent Grisham, which I found really interesting. Trent Grisham Very won weird. his gold glove in 2020, was really good. Now he looks like lost in center field, not really getting the balls he should. Yeah. Um, Mets get a huge win. Edwin Diaz is awesome. Uh, offense comes alive. What do we think of Dan Vogelbach, by the way? I love him. Uh, I like him, man. He, to <laughs> me, it's not the answer that we wanted. No, no. You but know, fun. Uh, I, you know, but. Are, are they are the plan is to platoon with him? Like, is that what we're I, doing for our DH? I, I would think. love just a guy, like, like a name. I think like, they're still linked to Josh Bell, but I don't know where that puts Vogelbach. Josh Bell would be great, but then Vogelbach becomes a piece off the bench. That's a pretty um, good piece, which off is the bench, great. Though, you know, you know what I mean. I I like that move. Um, I don't. For let me let me comment on the game. David sure. Peterson allowed a run on three singles. Yeah, he pitched great. Like they punched singles through the hole they beat the shift three times in a row he looked really good yeah his slider he threw one to Hassan kim it was a 2-0 pitch after he, he threw a slider that was nowhere near the zone but it was so good it looked like a fastball down mm. i want to see his slider like firsthand from a hitter's perspective like i want to play catch with him because it people get the worst swings off of it yeah even when it's nowhere in the zone which you know it's nasty from uh, I've been so impressed with him, his demeanor, uh, all year long out of the bullpen and the rotation. What a, what a performance. Again, he gave up his first run out of the pen since the 10th of June, but you know, sometimes that happens and yeah. sometimes you pitch really well in a relief outing, you get pulled. I think they wanted him to go all three yeah, or are both at the end. Um, Jolie Rodriguez looked horrible. Yeah, man. I mean, that's another um, that was tough to point, watch. He he's he's scratching and clawing. Um, but Diaz, great, unbelievable outing. Goes back to back. Luckily, we have this day off. But I'm not sure <clears throat> that he's even going to be available for game one unless yeah. it is a a safe situation because you don't want to pile these on. Yeah, Thank goodness I mean, for this day off. Like this is a Mets bullpen that's now looking at. David Peterson in the bullpen, Tyler McGill, when he comes back, he might be a part of the bullpen. Edwin Diaz has been incredible. And then you have your middle relief guys that have been holding down the fort. So if I'm the Mets and I'm thinking about getting a bullpen arm at the deadline, I'm starting to look at the left-hand side now. I know we talked a lot about how much we love David Robertson and he would be an awesome get for sure, but I'm sure that price tag is high. And I, you don't have Chase and Shreve anymore. Joey Rodriguez is putting up some of his worst numbers of the season 
he just looks lost. And I feel like we need somebody locked down that can get left-handed batters out without having to use Diaz, you know? I couldn't agree more. I I think Robertson's still a great guy to get because you need that back-end help. Adovino's been awesome. Lugo's still kind of like up and down. Drew Smith has looked very human. Yeah, I think Um, think it's the innings. I really do. uh, It could be. You know, it could be. uh, I don't know what the deal is. He still has – his stuff is still sharp. It might be sequencing. I'm not sure what the deal is, but – you're trying to win a World Series here. Yeah, you have you have Degrom on the horizon, hopefully coming back. Um, why not go get Robertson and a Chafin? Or if not now, then I don't know. I haven't seen Matt Moore pitch at all this year out of the pen for the Rangers. Yeah, he's there, solid, he's on the trade market. Yeah, I'm not sure if the game's on the line. You know, in the seventh inning that I would want to bring in Matt Moore with runners in scoring position. I don't know. That's, I haven't seen it. He's a starter to me. And that's, that's a weird role to just jump into. That might be biased because that was my role. And so it's different from a starter to come in. Um, I'd have to dive deeper into the numbers, but I know an Andrew Chafin knows what he's doing. I mean, that's a guy that I think we should have just signed in the off season. Right. I mean, if we got Chafin and Schwarber, Chafin and Schwarber, like that would have been so ideal. I mean, that's a whole. Hang on, we're, we're, we're backtracking. Now. Yeah, but again, uh, Alonso's incredible. Yeah. He looks hot, which is awesome to we see because that. he kind of had a slide towards the end of the first half. That home run he hit was a, a tank. Yeah, that was. Mammoth. And he hit it in a. You know, normally he's like a pool guy. He didn't pull this one, um, and he crushed it. And Joe Musgrove, I was worried going into Game Three. Because Musgrove is every bit the Cy Young candidate. Yeah. Nasty. No hit stuff. Like every time out, um, you, you think this could be a day he throws a no hitter. That's how sharp his stuff is. Um, but we got to him because Pete did his thing. Yeah. Um, Edwin Diaz is unbelievable <laughs> back there. His slider, his consistency, his fastball. Uh, love it, man. He's so nasty. He struck out 43 of his last 74 batters faced. That's like well <laughs> over 50%. That's just crazy. Yeah. I think I, it's, I, it's a- we both love Jerry's Familia. And we thought, I think we've been Fama defenders and his peak was one of the best in Mets history. I think for a closer, I don't think I've ever felt as comfortable with him as I do with Edwin Diaz right now. I feel like nobody in this league can touch Edwin Diaz's level of production. No, no, no. There's literally like hater. No, thanks right now. You know, he's been very human, even though he's, you know, been this guy for a long time. Uh, Liam Hendricks is having another solid year. I got off to a little bit of a rough start, but I'm taking Diaz, man. Like Clay Holmes is back down to earth. Class A is awesome. But like Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball. Yeah, he's established. He's been around. He's struggled. So you know that he's got some experience under his belt. He's able to overcome. He's my he's. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's going to get some MVP votes, I think. What a story. Or some Cy story. Young votes. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. That'd be really cool. I mean, I mean, deservedly. Yeah. He's going to be on some ballots if if the if it was right now. And that ERA is down to 1.60. Pete Alonso gets the huge hit for the Mets that they desperately needed. When I tell you that that was a large crowd that was dying for something to happen off Joe Musgrove. You mentioned a, a couple of boos. There were, and, there were plenty. And I'm okay with it. This is a team that's that's been struggling. They're they're there. They're rooting you on. Yep. And you're not coming through. There was some some RBI situation where 
it just didn't work. They they asked Pete Alonso in the post game, you know, did you hear the booze? How'd that affect you? And Pete did his Pete thing, said, I, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm yeah. out there, you know, trying to do my thing. But you got to feel it a little bit because it's not a boo. It's not your. It's not a unwarranted. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not just because they're mad, but they they're they're frustrated, which is fair. Because they and want the best a, for the team. It's not a they, antagonizing boo. It's it's an emotional boo because yeah. they're like right there, ready to cheer. They need it. They know the moment, and then they just get let down. And so it's emotional coming out, and that's that's fine. I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm not a booing type myself, but you can feel it when it's emotional, when it's swing of the game, when it's a. Mets fans are great because it's not a singular moment. They're not at a Mets game. They're like, all right, I'm just going to boo. This is a, a season following, you know, team where they feel the emotional roller coaster. They've been along, they know the frustrations and they just let their emotions show. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Pete had a really good post game quote. Bassett also had a really good one in response to the missed strike three call just said part of the game. I made a good yeah. pitch there. And he said, I made a terrible pitch on the next, next one. I got to make a better pitch there. Uh, so this Mets team, they haven't lost their mentality, which I think is very, very important. Like maybe the results aren't showing as much as they had been in April and May offensively, uh, but the starting pitching has really rebounded. They have the best starting pitcher ERA of any team in baseball this month. Uh, so uh, hopefully the wins start to come in droves if this offense can just wake up again. Um, we should do our Apple, I think. I think it might be Apple time. I agree. It's Apple time. And we finally have the sound bite. Jack, bring it in. Ah, ah, I missed it so The much. apple of our eye. Ah. You want first ups? Yeah, man. This one's easy for it's me. So this easy. is Mr. Pete Alonso. Yeah. Pete Alonso, the apple of my eye. Just clutch. Six for ten with that big home run, two doubles, three runs scored, that one walk, and those four RBI. In situations, this is the guy. He's been our, our stalwart, our cleanup hitter. He's the man with the engine that makes the Mets offense go. Yep. Um, just, just so, I mean, if there's an MVP of our team, it's, it's Pete Alonso. Like it's not even close without him. The Mets offense is woeful. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Easy one for me. Very, very easy. Pete got a bunch of big hits that we desperately needed. Uh, and it just goes to show it illuminates more that we need more than one big bopper in this lineup because we got a bunch of table setters. The table was set in game two. It really was a lot of times, uh, but there was no guy coming through. And you see that like when Pete Alonso struggles, this team struggles like he wasn't really alive for the Braves series and the Cubs series. And the Mets were scratching out wins there. Uh, but he comes up big in game three. They put up an eighth spot because of it. So Pete Alonso, very deserving. I think I'm actually going to switch it up and, uh, you know, give it to somebody else because I like to be a contrarian here. Um, it was a really tough June for our guy, Chris Bassett, but he has looked absolutely incredible uh, in his last five or so starts. So a little round for around Chris Bassett, the apple Bassett. of Jolly's eye. And I think it's, it's very, it's thematic kind of because the uh, exclamation point to Chris Bassett's horrible uh, May, end of May, early June was a seven run outing against the Padres where the Mets lost 13 to two. He went three and a third. He got lit up uh, and it was not a good start as the ERA was at 4.48 after that. 
Ever since, he had that eight shutout innings against the Brewers, and he's had quality starts every single time since. This time, he sets his season high, his Mets high, with 11 strikeouts. He had never passed eight before, so he was really on his stuff. And if not for that strike three call on that bad pitch after, you're maybe looking at seven shutout innings with 11 Ks, or 12 Ks, I guess it would have been. Uh, so Chris Bassett has a great start. He doesn't get the uh, the win in this one, but I think that his production with DeGrom looming as well is giving the Mets this maybe four-headed monster with Scherzer, Bassett, Walker, and DeGrom. And then you got Cookie back there doing his thing as well. This is a rotation that's really starting to hit its stride, and I think Bassett's production is a huge piece of that, so he gets my apple. I love it. There you go. He looked great. He, he looked, looked awesome. so sharp. He uh, had all of, all 11 of his pitches working. <laughs> he just carved, <laughs> carving it up. Hey, cheers, by the way, to the Shea Station mugs. Hey, we got it going. Today. clink, bang, right there, mm. like that. Um, yeah, man, he looked great. And again, you talked about that lull that he had, and it, it was the culmination. I forgot that it was against the Padres, yeah. where after the game, he was like, I don't know what's going on. That's a scary I am, I am quote. at a loss. Yeah. It was, it was uh, worrisome, to say the least. And from then on, he, he stepped it up, and he looked so good. You know, it's going to happen. Seven innings again, like a great way to approach it because he didn't let the home run after the frustration of the, the missed strike three call. It wasn't like down the middle. No, no. Yeah. And it was like up in the zone on a breaking ball, which is it's weird. And it, it's rare for a called strike to get up there. Pitch, so man. it wasn't like, you know, I'm sure if you watched it on film or like we do um, with the with the box on TV where you see the strike zone, it would have been harder. But that's a tough call to get because the ball starts so much above the strike zone before it breaks in. It's a rare call. It's like a hang and breaking ball, but he did it on purpose. Wild. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. He deserved it. Absolutely. Uh, so the Mets uh, are going through a little bit of roster turnover right now as well. We mentioned Daniel Vogelbach is the newest Mets on the block. He's one of the best left-handed hitters against righties in the entire league. So a big ad for them platoon-wise there. Uh, but they exchange Colin Holderman in the deal. Kind of a shocking move by the Mets. A guy with tons of years on team control left. He had a really good 15-game run with the Mets. Got a lot of big outs. Uh, but he is now a Pittsburgh Pirate. When I first read it, I was, I was kind of shocked. Because I just wasn't expecting Major League Ready Talent to go to Pittsburgh. I think I like the deal for both sides. But yeah, definitely shocking when I first read it. That it was a one-for-one swap like that. I know you love Holderman. I love Holderman. As you I should, because he's been great. Um, this this move, because you lost Holderman, makes me think very hard that they're going to get a bigger name. Maybe two names. Because he's a big league arm. Yeah. And he's been very productive in numerous roles for the Mets um he's got options so he's up and down so he's controllable to let him go lets me know that they're gonna fill in or if they don't i would be very shocked um because vogelbach you know vogelbach or vogelbach i've been saying vogelbach because i think it sounds cooler i don't know whatever gary cohen says he does his research i'm i'm vogelbach i'm gonna say whatever uh but he's a good hitter he's he doesn't just swing and crush lefties he's an on-base kind of guy he's got a great eye very patient um higher on base percentage he's not just a bopper yep uh he's a he's a good hitter so if he's going to be in the role where he's going to just face against righties like off the bench i think he's going to excel because he's got a a polished approach um he's not just you know going to go up free swinging i think it's a good fit in the offense so i like the addition again 
losing Holderman was shocking, um, but it's a good move for both guys. Yeah, if this is a Mets team that does add a DH like Josh Bell, having Daniel Vogelbach on your bench is not a bad thing at all. But I do think it signifies two things. One, exactly what you said, that this team is probably going to add to the bullpen. And if they don't, this trade becomes a little bit of a question mark for me. But two, I think the Dom Smith era in New York might officially be over, which is a little bit bittersweet, a little sad to me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be strange. Uh, I think I've been on the Dom Smith change of scenery team for a while here. As soon as they, as soon as Robbie Cano came back, I knew he needs, he's like a young prospect like Dom to me. He needs, he needs at bats. He needs to to be in a role to feel comfortable, to, to let it run. He's not going to get it here. He didn't earn it here either. Yeah. Um, I think he's been frustrated for a long time. He's he needs to get traded and and go to a team. And if he's you know he feels like he's a big leaguer, he's shown that he's capable of, to be an everyday guy. You know, go prove it somewhere. Give yeah. him a chance. Let's get something in exchange for him because he you know he's he's not fitting the role that we need on this team right now. Yeah, twenty just twenty seven years old is Dom Smith. Yeah, I love Dom. Yeah. I, I I wish him nothing but the best. But if you're looking at it completely, you know, objective. He doesn't fit the team anymore. Yeah. He doesn't fit the role. He's not coming off the bench hitting righties. He's never really been a righty crusher. And Vogelbach, dang it, you made me say Bach. That's cool. Uh, his addition, <laughs> influence, baby. Right. His addition <laughs> has really, like you said, that's a good point. Has been like, all right, he's on his way out. So yeah. I, I think, I think that shows teams that he's on the block. Um, that he's going to be part of some deal. I, I don't know what we're going to go, where we're going to go for him, but uh, you know, he's how many, what's his options. He's got an option this year. Is this it? I think they used his option. Didn't they? Yeah. They, they did option him down this year. Yeah. Um, is this the last one though? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, that's kind of a, so Dom Smith is on his way out. Uh, the Mets weren't done dealing with the Pirates either. They also got catcher Michael Perez in exchange for cash. Tr- poor Travis Blankenhorn got called up for one game, got DFA'd again. He's having a good year. What? Uh, this is a weird trade. Kind of a weird one. I mean, they I thought that, that they thought Nito might have been hurt with his hand. Yeah, is that for wasn't hurt? So now it's just depth. Uh, yeah, but I I honestly right. thought that Mazika might have got demoted, but then they just demoted Michael Perez. So. Yeah, he's gonna go go down. You know, he hasn't. Mazika's been fine, and he's he knows the pitching staff. He knows all the the the. See, it's really complicated to be a catcher that comes to it because you got to learn signs, you got to learn sequencing, you got to learn everything. Yeah. Um. So the Mazika staying in didn't surprise me, Mm. but like. I don't know. That's a you know offense to Michael Perez, but like wow. We gotta, okay, we got to let Billy Epler do his thing. He knows what he's doing. I got traded from the A's to the Braves for a dollar, so I wonder what the cash was. Was it literally Michael- one dollar? Literally one dollar. Is there like a piece of paper that like has that? No, it says cash, but okay. I I know some folks. It was for a dollar. That's mm. because the A's appreciated me. And they were like, look, man, we want to give you the opportunity because they could have held on to yeah. me. I had an out coming up, yeah. but it was like, hey, we want you to, to have a chance to go to the big leagues. So they traded me and they were like, all right, here's a dollar. <laughs> it's like uh, we got Cameron Mabin for a dollar last year from the Cubs. I remember that. Yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I used to always see uh, traded for cash considerations. And I would always think that the team was considering giving cash. 
And I was like, why don't they always just say no? I mean, it makes sense. Cash, you know? All right, anyway. (laughs) Uh, Mets have more reinforcements on the way as well. Trevor May made his first rehab assignment. Good for Trevor. A little claps for there. Very exciting. Scoreless inning in double A. He said he's feeling good, so hopefully he's on his way back. And Jacob deGrom threw another 60 pitches in triple A. This was a simulated game. He said he's feeling good after the outing. He might only have one more, and then he might be ready. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't want to speculate anymore. I don't know. I think they're going to get him up. I think they're going to get him up into the 85, 90. And just have him go like five or something. I don't know. I think they're going to, I think they're going to let him. They don't want to call him up, make moves. And then for him to get hurt again. Yeah, Yeah. So I think they're going to be extra patient with him. We might, I don't know when we're going to see him. Yeah. I so, mean, you know but, what? Uh, you know what? I, regardless of what happens this off season, there's already been a lot of talk. Just come up, have the best 10 starts of your career. And let's win a damn world series. Can he have a 10 best of his career after he what he did last year? I think he can. There's no <laughs> limit. There's no ceiling. That's true. Come He's on. that good to where there's no limit. On so, what he can do. All Mets right. fans, get excited for that. Hopefully that's coming very soon. Uh, the probables for the Yankees series are a little bit interesting because David Peterson is back in the bullpen. Um, we got two pretty good starters going against the best team in baseball. Jerry, can you tell me who's facing off? I can. Game one. It puts Taiwan Walker in his sparkling 2.55 ERA. Just been steady MVP on the pitching side Hell for the yeah. New York Mets. Going against Jordan Montgomery. Mm. 3.24 ERA. He's been really good. He's a, a lefty starter. He is solid uh, for the Yankees. Really kind of stepped up. Eduardo Escobar, two for six with a homer in his career. Lindor, five for nine with a homer against Montgomery. Aaron Judge versus Taiwan Walker, pretty good. Two for seven with two bombs. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez, four for 19 with two homers against Taiwan Walker. But they don't know this version of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Mets hit Monty hard last year in his two starts. He went 0 for 2, eight innings pitched, eight runs scored, 13 hits, six walks, 12 punches. Uh, but guess what? Taiwan Walker in his last seven games. 45 innings pitched, a 1.8 ERA, and 48 strikeouts in those 45 innings. All games started are six or more innings with no more than three earned runs allowed. He has been special. Yes, he has. That brings us into game two. Max Scherzer, the Mad Max man himself in his 2.28 ERA, number 15th on the all-time strikeout list. Incredible. Uh, going against Domingo Armand and his 15 ERA. <laughs> okay, that's a little bit of a mismatch there. Uh, Mark Canna or Mark Kanya or Mark Kanha, I don't know. It's six for nine with a home run off of Domingo, but J.D. Davis is one for two with a home run as well. Uh, McNeil is one for three with a homer, all off of Domingo Armand. Scherzer, since returning from the IL, 25 in the third innings, pitched 1.78 ERA, 39 punch outs, and a 198 batting average against. I repeat, 198 against. Uh, Herman was lit up in his only 2022 start versus the Houston Astros, and they do this to pretty much everybody. Yeah. He went three innings, allowed five earned runs, six hits on a walk, and only two punch outs. That will be your two-game set. The Subway Series. Daniel Vogelbach is thinks it's going to be awesome to Hell be in yeah. a Subway Series in his post game interview. I mean, Vogelbach. Put, put yourself in his shoes. You know, he just went from the Pittsburgh Pirates in the basement. To now he's on the National. He League is East going to be team. so excited. There's nothing fun. more exciting than being on a contending team. Going to be pushing, and he knows that. He was with the uh, Brewers when yep. they were trying to make that playoff push. He's so pumped to be playing in meaningful games. Uh, this is it, man. The 
the subway series the mets are in a little bit of a decline our highlight of our season last year really yeah was the yankee series yep uh, the big three homer game from lindor in this house in this house yeah, yeah so uh this will be fun yeah it really will i kind of wish it was three games but two games will have to do i hope they don't split because splits stink in two game series uh, the Yankees. I mean, I hope they, they if they split, game two is the win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least, you know, give yourself a little bit of slack. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Yankees have recently lost Michael King for the season, so their bullpen is a That's a tough weakened. loss That's for them. That's a very tough one. Giancarlo Stanton's been battling some injury, uh, but this is still an incredibly good team. Uh, John Boy Media doesn't really talk about the Yankees ever, so there's not a lot of coverage that goes on with them. So we're kind of giving uh, you that, that first Facetious, look. facetious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this Mets team, uh, I kind of wish they didn't have an off day today because they got that huge eight-run rally. They're feeling hot again. I hope they don't cool down. Uh, but Monty, they've had his number. Monty, which is, in, this is incredible. Um, he has 19 starts at 3.24 ERA. Guess how many wins he has? Four. Three. Can you, can you believe that? <laughs> well, that, again, because it's this is a, a you know started out as a Yankees company. I know. Um, I know that they've been pulling him like they did David Peterson, like know, just the dude. quickest hook ever. And they're just giving him no runs. Aaron Boone treats bad. treats Jordan Montgomery the way um, Buck Showalter treats David Peterson in his starts. Can't get the ball out of his hand fast. I enough. wonder if Monty's also been pulled mid at bat, like when Peterson got pulled against. I, I don't know, but that that's was, a, maybe that we bring that up. We're doing a little crossover <laughs> pod later today. Spoiler! Wow, look at this guy. It's okay to spoil. Yeah, you can spoil. It's okay. Are we allowed? Because it's not. Yet. It'll be up tomorrow. So if you're looking interested in that, it'll be up tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, should be a lot of fun. Only a two-game set, uh, kind of like a World Series preview here, so get excited for that. Uh, and yeah, first Subway Series of the year. The other one, I think, is in September, if I recall correctly. And that's another two-game set. I have no idea. I don't look that far ahead. That's kind of my life. Yeah. You live in the moment, Jerry. I live in the moment. I can't look too far ahead. Gotcha. I kind of wish they did. I think they did it one year where it was two two-game sets, but they put them back-to-back, and it was a four-game yeah. set, and you went no, to both we went, I think that was 18, yeah. 17, because we went that. there and then came here. And went, yeah, that was fun. A lot of fun. but they split And you get year. to stay in New York. That was great. Yeah. You got like a whole week at home. It's nice. Yeah, so I just wanted to cover their, their lineup a little bit. Yeah. And then, you know, so you got Aaron Judge, who's – you know, otherworldly Is he's he an mvp candidate he's going for a billion dollars in the free agent market john carlos stanton still hitting really well he's he's got 24 homers judge has 37 jesus um anthony rizzo has been really good this year he's he's got 22 homers um glaber torres has been really like returned to form josh mm. donaldson they have has been pretty league average but you know he's he's big in the big moments lemay has been really good he's had a bounce back matt carpenter is the guy I want to talk I, about. I don't want to face Matt Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, he's been unbelievable. Like if we could talk about what Matt Carpenter has done. So yeah. he's been in 35 games for the New York Yankees, 35 games. He has 14 home runs. That's ridiculous. 35 games, 14 home runs, 35 RBI. No His team OPS. wanted him. Can you believe that? OPS plus is 254. Jesus. So 100 is league average. That's Aaron Judge right now is hitting 294, slugging 650 as an OPS over. He has a one dot OPS. His OPS plus is 187. Jesus. Matt Carpenter is 254. He has a 1.27 OPS plus or OPS. Unbelievable. Yeah. But those are your guys. Um, and then it, you know we covered their starters, so we won't see we won't see any of their big guys. Yeah. Uh, but their bullpen is a little bit different. They have Clay Holmes, who's having an absolutely stellar year. 
Um, but he's looked a little bit human. Yep. Then they've got Wandy Peralta, uh, Lucas Lutke, um, Loi Sega has been very pedestrian yep. and uh, Aroldis Chapman has, hasn't really found his footing since coming out of the closers role. They kind of don't know what to do with them, but they're, their bullpen is where they are vulnerable yeah. until you get to Clay Holmes. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. You're facing the weaker leg of this rotation, and you're missing some pieces in the bullpen. Uh, the Yankees made, I think, two of the best moves this season by picking up Matt Carpenter for free and picking up Albert Abreu for free. And Albert Abreu was the guy they traded to go get their all-star catcher, Jose Trevino. Uh, so this is a team that's operating very well. Glaber Torres, I didn't even notice that he's like back back. He's got a 128 OPS plus, so good for him. This lineup's tough, man. There's like really no rest area in this lineup besides like maybe at the bottom. Uh, it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be a lot of competitive baseball. I hope the Mets put on a good show. And it's at City Field, so we get a little home field advantage. Yeah, let's hope we uh, we, we get on top of them. Again, you pointed out, this is the big one. They're, yeah. they're, we're at the bottom of their rotation. Yep. You know, we're not going to face Garrett Cole. We're not going to face um, Tyon, Tyone, who's been incredible. And then we're not facing uh, Nasty Nestor Cortez. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting the bottom. And yep. their bottom is still good. So, And then after this Yankee set, the Mets get three against the Marlins and three against the Nationals. So a little bit of breathing room before that huge five gamer at home against the bravos yes sir yes sir and i think that's it jerry that does it for us today i think we're just done so we had a good one you know it was a tough series we got we got a um a chris bassett apple yeah we got a pete alonso apple like that we got a couple of edwin diaz stellar outings like it was a it was Eventful. We got to watch Daniel Vogelbach run the bases. We that got to watch uh, Danielle Vogelbach. Uh, <laughs> Danielle pronounce his name Vogelbach. Uh, I don't know. And he look just he looks great in a Mets. He looks like a Met. I love. He's got it. great hair on that guy. <laughs> Good head of hair on that guy. Guys, thank you for. He listening. wears his helmet so funny to me though. I didn't say. Is it like all the way down? Brim, it's like, like this. That? If you're watching on on our YouTube, this is he wears it like where he can't see. I don't know how he does it, but if you're not looking, uh, if you're listening, he pulls it down so far over his eyes that it's <laughs> tilted down. Like he looks like uh, I don't know. It reminds me of like. Um, a soldier standing at attention in the rain like and a... you just see the rain dripping off the brim brim of their hat. I was going to say, it's uh, like an army man. Like an army man. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. He's just locked in, you know? That's all it is. Great, great addition. Very, lot of personality. Easy guy to root for. I mean, this is the team that loves... Yeah, this is the team that loves Bartolo and we get Vogelbach in a uniform. Very similar body types. <laughs> We love big boys. Guys, we'll see you again on Thursday to talk about Mets Yanks and the next stuff. Let's go Mets. Let's beat them Yankees, man. Show some love to your big boys. Let's go Mets.